just to get down I don't know if I can get them, but I got them right The developing stars, whoa Wrecked by the stars, though But they know just who they are The knowledge is deep, man Cause college is bleak, man Knees are the bees, man Deffy happy hour now I trust them with everything Every confidence giving me confidence Hipping this hopping, no really no stopping I'll make you a champion, y'all put a sock in it uh, But this is life, bro They're at it all night, though So you can just drive slow And get down with the Deffy crew Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you are listening, wherever you are listening. This is episode 78 of the Debbie Happy Hour. My name is Skip Newton coming to you from Egan, Minnesota. Excited to be with you here today to talk some college Devi football. But first, from North Carolina, I call him Obi-Wan Matthew Jackson. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, man. I got a little scared before we started this podcast. I'm going to admit it to you. I saw you taking off your shirt. You started stripping down, and I thought this was going a completely different direction. I thought we were doing a different show on here. So I'm glad that you introduced that as Talking Debbie Football because I had no idea where we were going with this when I hopped on the show. All I'm doing is trying to put the happy into happy hour, man. That, that's all I'm trying to do. Look, no, no, we, we don't want happy endings here, okay? We just want happy hour. <laughs> I like it. Well done. Matt, why don't you talk about all of the things that you've got going on? I know the Patreon is new, which is awesome. It's exciting. The chat is a lot of fun, but fill everyone in on everything you've got going right now. So you guys can find my rankings um, and some articles that I just released this week over on Dynasty Nerds. I've released a Traylon Burks article, preview article, and a Big Ten Conference preview article that I also have put on the Patreon um, as well. So those came out this week. My rankings and all that kind of stuff is up on Dynasty Nerds. You can find me at Twitter at Debbie Matt. But what I'm really excited about is the Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash Debbie Database. Um, you guys can find all of my stuff on there. Just released a new podcast this week, put the article on this week, and I'm going to have have an Eric Gray film breakdown uh, by the end of the weekend. So we're releasing a lot of good stuff this week. So if you're not on there, definitely make sure you check that out because we got a nice growing chat, lots of stuff on there that you want to gonna want to be a part of. It's a great community, um, lots of smart guys, um, way smarter than myself. But I'm just the guy that's bringing them together. So make sure you check that out. Don't sell yourself short. You're the smartest guy in the room. We all know that. I mean, Eric Gray is 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 worth you know Saquon Barkley. So there you go. You know, we, we never got feedback from that trade. I was really, really looking forward to getting somebody to say something about that. Nobody ever did. <laughs> I keep waiting for someone to, to come after me for my, my Devi rankings or even my Dynasty rankings, but but no one does, and that's all right. But if they want to, they know where to find me. So I, of course, am at SkipNewton31 on Twitter. So feel free to reach out with any questions or comments, trades. We'll talk about them all. We'd love to love to do that. Let's get right into the news. Last time, when we recorded a week ago, Texas and Oklahoma were seriously rumored to be going to the SEC. That is now official. They are going to join the SEC in 2025. Honestly, I'm not even sure how I feel about this. I I don't even know if this is a, a good thing or not. I guess 
I, I feel like like this is the the first thing that's going to happen, and then there's going to be a you know just a an, a rolling impact of everyone else adjusting, and I'm not sure that that'll be good or bad, but. I guess as long as there's college football, we'll be happy. But man, do you do you have any thoughts on that? Um, this is going to do two things for me. One, it's going to make um, make it so the SEC is uber stacked, and with the potential of a playoff expansion, you're possibly looking at a scenario where teams from the SEC with two, sometimes even three losses, are going to make it into the playoffs. That's going to make it really interesting for the playoff picture. I don't know how they're going to end up doing that. And the second thing that it's going to do, in my opinion, is it's going to make it so these other schools, you know, the Big Ten Conference. ACC, um, Pac-12, are going to be actively going out there and trying to snag some of the schools over into their conference. And it's going to open the floodgates, so to speak, into these super conferences. I mean, the first thing I can think of is, you know, teams like the Big Ten or the Pac-12 going out and and pursuing teams like Notre Dame, who's not aligned with the conference yet, and trying to, you know, build in that super conference, so to speak. So it's going to be an interesting domino type effect um, before it's all said and done. It's, it's interesting that you bring up Notre Dame because in college hockey, they already are part of the Big Ten Conference. So that would be a natural fit for, for Notre Dame if they were to, to go there for football and, you know, who knows, maybe they, they – they join in basketball as well, but yeah, here, that's the flip side of it too. Like, why? Who says that this doesn't stop at football? Like, you're, you're looking at the the ACC and what prevents the ACC from going out and getting? I, I talk I talked with somebody here this week about this. What prevents the ACC from going out and getting like UConn, for example, for women's basketball? And all of a sudden, the ACC becomes a super conference in basketball. I mean, there, there's a lot of dominoes that can fall for this. Yeah, and and I'm guessing the reason that we're going to see it in football is because that's of course the the biggest money sport right i mean they're they're doing this for money i mean that is that is the bottom line they can make a ton more in the sec than they can in the big 12 of course now they're they're the big eight but all right the other piece of news also has the potential for some some significant cascading impacts 2022 class recruiting class that is fresh you know will be a freshman phenom quinn ewers has already committed to Ohio State. We knew that. He's now seriously considering skipping his senior year of high school and entering college early, which I'm assuming is a money grab as well because in the state that he's in, high school athletes cannot make money on their name. And, of course, in college you now can. So he could be doing that and immediately get you know, get the ability to to use his name for marketing purposes and to, and to make a bunch of money off that. Of course, it creates just a Devi conundrum at quarterback at Ohio State. And I know we're going to talk about the Pac-12 today, but we, we kind of got to hit on that a little bit. You know, just those those three quarterbacks at Ohio State now, you know, C.J. Stroud, I'm assuming you're, you're high on, but what do you do with these three guys? I mean, most leagues, you, you don't even have Ewers drafted yet. But what what's your thought? I mean, somebody has to has to leave, right? They can't just have all three, you know, in, in a two year span because they want to play. Somebody's gonna leave. I mean, you look at what Quinn Ewers is doing. He's got one class left to finish before he can declare early, and he's gonna he's gonna finish that class. He's gonna enroll in the spring for for Ohio State. Um, so, I mean, it's a one hundred percent a money grab. You're throwing millions of dollars at a seventeen year old kid. 
So you can't argue with that. Go go get that money. Um, you can finally make money off your likeness, and he's the highest-rated recruit um, that we've seen in a little bit. So he's going to get the million-dollar contract. So that that aside, this creates a really sticky situation for Ohio State. And shout-out to uh, Campus to Canton, um, Colin Decker, and Felix or not Felix, Austin. Um, so so they, they talked about this um, today, the podcast they released, and they made a really good point where they said, you know, you look at it, and for, for me, I love C.J. Stroud. I've told you how much I love C.J. Stroud. Um, I, I've got it in my name here how much I love C.J. Stroud. You guys can't see that. But um, I, I think he's going to end up starting. He's going to start the entire year, and I, I've been no... You know, I've not been afraid to say that I think that he's a dark horse Heisman candidate this year. I've, I've put that out weeks ago. So he's going to be the guy that gets the majority of the reps. So that leaves an interesting conundrum to what do you do at quarterback two? Because if you put Quinn Ewers at quarterback three, you're you're going to hurt his feelings a little bit. And does he just end up transferring and taking his talent somewhere elsewhere where he can start immediately? If you put him at quarterback two, what happens to Kyle McCord? Okay, Kyle McCord's already been there practicing and rolled already. If you put him at quarterback three for a guy that just came in, he's going to end up transferring out and, and going to a team where he can play anyway. So I don't see a scenario where Ohio State starts you know, starts the fall with all three of these guys on the roster. I mean, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, I think the only scenario that could possibly work would be, you know, if C.J. Stroud, you know, wins the starting job because he's already been there a year in the system. So clearly he should have a leg up on that position. Then Kyle McCord becomes the backup and Quinn Ewers gets redshirted. So he doesn't lose a year of eligibility and maybe in the meantime, you know, if C.J. Stroud, you know, shows all the promise that, that you think he he has on his way to a, a surprising Heisman Trophy, as you're predicting, that Kyle McCord will will say, you know what, I, I don't have a shot here. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna transfer because as soon as I transfer, I'm I'm gonna be a starter wherever I go. So, you know, maybe for a year, but. I guess there's another part of me that says as soon as as soon as Ewers goes to Ohio State, you know, if McCord doesn't think he's going to win the job, he'll just be out. I mean, like I'll, I'll go, I'll go somewhere else. And we're talking about three quarterbacks right now. A lot of people forget there's four quarterbacks on that roster. Jack Miller's a highly rated prospect too. So we're we're just already saying, you know, he's he's out the door. I mean, I don't, I know that he's gone. There's there's no way he's staying because at best he's quarterback four on this roster. But is it Quinn Ewers that gets redshirted? Is it you know? Kyle McCord then ends up transferring. Something's got to happen. You know, all three of these guys can't burn a year of eligibility. I mean, it's just it's just not going to happen. Yeah, and it, it it is a little surprising that they would recruit this close together at the same position when only one can start. I would think you'd want to leave at least a, a space in there, right? You know, if you get you get a, a good player in there and he's and he's an incoming freshman, then the next year maybe pass on the position and wait a year because then you've got at least a gap so so the the in the the new guy coming in knows okay if i sit one year you know like dj Uyunglele at clemson just had to sit one year waiting for trevor lawrence to graduate and leave or, or go pro early and then bam he he's the guy so that that would have made that would make a little more sense i think eventually these these athletes might catch on and be like okay i'm I'm not going to go to Ohio State and play quarterback or wide receiver because they have too many of those positions. I'm going to go somewhere else. All right, let's get into it, man. The topic is the Pac-12 North. We're just going to stick to the north side today, so it should be a fairly short review of the players, starting with California, 
We've got quarterback Chase Garbers. He is eligible in 2022, although I don't know if that's exactly when he will come out. Um, tell me what you think about Garbers. He seemed like he was a, a decently hot name a year ago. Like People were, were pretty high on him. Now, not so sure. Um, it seems like there, there's less less talk in the Debbie community. Uh, where are you at with him? Yeah, he, he was a really hot name last year. Um, Brian Shakochis was one that was kind of hyping him up all last season. And I think part of it is due to just a COVID riddled, riddled season. I mean, he just, nobody really outside of, you know, Devonte Smith put out game breaking, eye popping numbers. Um, so, I mean, when I, when I watch this film though, he does have some things that I like about him. I mean, he's got really good rushing ability. Um, he can extend plays and he's not afraid to take off the ball and he's got some good speed to him. Um, he hits receivers in stride, kind of throws on a rope too. He can hit the back shoulder throw, hit the corner of the end zone, kind of leads receivers when he's throwing the ball. Um, so that, that's something that I like about a quarterback, you know, somebody that's not throwing the ball behind receivers, under throwing them, you know, putting the ball where it needs to be leading his receivers so they can get some good yards after the catch. I think that's kind of what Chase Garbers excels with the most. Um, at the same time, I mean, He's he's not exactly playing on a team that's getting we talked about this today, much coverage. I mean, nobody's really staying up to watch Pac twelve games. So I think that could be part of the reason why, you know, a lot of people aren't talking about Chase Garbage right now. But he's an interesting prospect. He's a guy that could be a great he's a great C to C type guy, you know, somebody that you can wait on quarterback if you don't get the top four and kind of fill out at the back end of your roster and somebody that can win you some games. But when it comes to Devi stock and NFL draft stock, I'm not entirely sure it's there. Yeah, I can see why people were getting a little bit of ex- of excitement over him, you know, in 2019, so his sophomore season completed nearly 61% of his passes, a modest 1700 yards, but that's, you know, in 9 games and you know that that could be offensive scheme. He did have over 8 yards an attempt, but he had a nice 14 to 3 touchdown to interception ratio, which was very encouraging after his freshman season when it was 14 to 10. So he improved on that. He also can move, right? He had 420 yards rushing his freshman year, 223 his sophomore season. So a little bit of mobility. He's not just a total statue. But then, like like you indicated before in the Pac-12, you know, not only is it tougher to watch them because they're on so late a lot of the times, but also they had maybe one of the most messed up, you know, seasons last year because of COVID. I mean, theirs was all screwy. Uh, the Big Ten wasn't a whole lot better. So, you know, it's tough to really judge him on his junior season. You know, he only played four games, um, six to three touchdown interception ratio. So not great, but yeah, you want to see, you know, better numbers from Chase. I think if, if you're going to talk about him in a, in a Devi, you know, Devi capacity, because of course Devi means you don't get any points for him and you need him to, to do something in the NFL. All right, let's move on. Uh, wide receivers. I wrote down a couple of guys both incoming freshmen, so 2024 eligible, Maven Anderson and J. Michael Sturdevant. What do you think about these two guys, both four-star recruits? If I'm having to pick one that I like better, I definitely like Maven Anderson a little bit better. He's got good size at six feet, 190 pounds, so he can add a little bit of you know, pounds to that frame and be an interesting guy on the perimeter. He's got a really good, I noticed, release off the line of scrimmage. Um, he gets off the line fast and kind of get, gets inside of cornerbacks, gets them on his back hip, and he releases and gets off the line really, really well. He's got good speed, tracks the ball well. 
um, downfield. So I like that about him. Um, J. Michael Sturdivant, he, he's a long strider. So he, he looks deceptively fast, I guess is the way I want to put it. You know, he doesn't look as fast as he actually is, but he makes up, you know, makes up room down the field in a hurry. He gets downfield fast because of his long strides, um, tracks the ball good in the air. Uh, to, for, to me, J. Michael Sturdivant just appears like a guy. He doesn't really do anything special to me. So if, I, if I'm picking one, I like the upside that, that Maven Anderson is going to provide you uh, more than J. Michael Sturdivant. You know, when I was looking at these guys, I was I was pleasantly surprised with both of them. You know, they're, they're further down the, the four-star rankings. Um, Maven Anderson, I'll talk about first, uh, wide receiver 30 in the 247 rankings. The, the thing that I noticed almost right off the bat is when he gets the ball in his hands, he runs and looks like a running back. I mean, he does he no longer looks like a wide receiver. It's like, wow, this guy is is a runner. I mean, good athlete with speed and and he can make really sharp cuts to create space. So that was was intriguing and he's decent size, you know, 6 feet 195. 195 is is pretty thick for a wide receiver at at 6 feet. I mean, and, and you see it when you watch it. You're like, oh, yeah, this kid. I mean, if he if he switched positions to running back, that wouldn't even surprise me. I'm not saying he's going to. I'm just saying wouldn't shock me in the least. J. Michael Sturdivant, you were right, definitely a long strider. He's got good speed. He was wide receiver 27. So they're really close in the rankings. Um, I, th- I think he, he has a chance just because, you know, 6'3 and a half, 185. I mean, he's already got the size. And I like how he high points the ball. So I think he, I think they're both kind of intriguing. So I would love to see these guys get in there their their freshman seasons. the The last guy is another incoming freshman. And I know we don't harp on tight ends too much, but uh, Jermaine Terry is a tight end I think worth mentioning because he's uh, the fifth ranked tight end, and he has a verified four six five already. So as very raw athletic ability. What did you think about, about Jermaine Terry? Jermaine Terry was an interesting guy. That was a really good find for you. I, I liked what I saw about uh, Jermaine Terry. Um, he, he was a two-way athlete. He played linebacker and tight end, so he played linebacker on defense. He's athletic. He's got a really good size-speed combo. You hit on that speed. He gets downfield in a hurry. He's too big and too physical for defensive backs to, to cover. He just bullies defensive backs. He's really, really physical. And he, he's got the good speed and go up and get it. He's He's got a good vertical, extends well to the ball. I don't know if you noticed this when you were watching his film, but but for me, he almost looked better at linebacker than he did at tight end. And I, I know we're talking about him at tight end, but I really like what I saw him play on defense. I mean, this dude is not afraid of contact, and he is he will go out and lay the hammer on people. And, I mean, he does that well on defense, but you can really see that in the blocking game too. I mean, he'll go out there um, in route on, on a running a running play, and he'll just absolutely demolish, like lay a linebacker on his butt. And I, I really like that. I mean, if you're going to be a tight end that is useful, you've got to be able to block. And I've got no issue with Jermaine Terry's blocking ability or his receiving ability. He's a really good find. That, that's an interesting that's an interesting com, uh, comment there. I did double check. He is listed on their website as a tight end, so you don't have to at least worry about that. But, you know, sometimes with these athletes, you, you never know. I mean, they're, they're that good, and all of a sudden they – they flip positions and you find out that on your Debbie roster, you have a defensive player and it's not an IDP league. So that's, that's a little bit challenging. <laughs> All right, let's go into Oregon next. 
A little bit more to talk about here. Uh, quarterback is interesting. Jay Butterfield is a 2023 eligible quarterback, and Ty Thompson is 2024, the incoming freshman. Which guy do you like better from a Debbie perspective, and which guy do you think is going to be the starter? Any chance Thompson gets in there from day one? I don't think Thompson gets in there day one. I think he's got some some stuff that he needs to work on. However, however, Ty Thompson is 100% the guy that you need to own in Debbie Leagues. I love a lot of things um, when I watch Ty Thompson play. He's really mobile. Um, he, he's a guy that, that can extend plays, slide up in the pocket, and can really, really rush the ball well and, and be a dual-threat guy. Um, he, he sets his feet. He has really great threat fundamentals when, he, when he's throwing the ball, and he throws the ball with just excellent velocity and arm strength. I mean, that he has like a tight wind-up motion, and the ball zips out of his hands. Um, he's a really strong-arm quarterback. Um, he, he's got to work on some accuracy and ball placement stuff a little bit. But fundamental-wise and arm talent-wise, this kid's got it. And I think he's going to be a guy that st- maybe halfway through the season, or it, it might take a whole year. It might, it might not be till he gets on the field until next year. But when he does get on the field, Ty Thompson is a guy that I want absolutely everywhere. Um, I, I tweeted that out a couple months ago. I, I could not stop watching Ty Thompson film. And he's going to be a guy that if you miss out, on some of the top quarterbacks like Caleb Williams, Drake May, those type of guys. Ty Thompson is going to be a really interesting grab later on in your your C2C freshman drafts or in deep dive Debbie drafts. I mean, he's not going until round seven or eight in Debbie drafts right now. So that's a fantastic steal for a guy that I think has got some really, really interesting upside for the NFL draft. Yeah, I I liked what I saw too. I mean, he's coming in as uh, QB8 in the class and my notes start off with the ball just jumps out of his hand. I mean, he's got a nice release, really good deep ball, and he throws well on the run as well, and you know, mostly accurate there. Um, also comfortable in a tight pocket. So, yeah, there's a lot to like with, with Ty Thompson, you know, and he's got the size. I mean, 6'3 and a half, you know, 202. Obviously, he's, he's going to put, put pounds on that frame. So, Definitely the guy that, that I think from a Debbie perspective, people should be looking at. Not that Jay Butterfield is bad. I just, he doesn't have the the skill set that I think is going to make him a likely NFL quarterback. And that's what you're looking for in Debbie. Sweet last Running name. Running backs, though. we've got, what's that? It's a sweet last name, though. Butterfield. Yes, Butterfield. That is nice. I do like that. <laughs> All right, we got three running backs we're going to talk about. C.J. Verdell is eligible in 2022, Travis Dye, 2023, and Byron Cardwell is an incoming freshman, so 2024. Talk to me about these guys, and who do you want out of these three from a Debbie perspective? So uh, that, that's a really tough question. I thought a lot about this before I came on the podcast tonight uh, to talk to talk Pac-12 with you. And I'm going to say something that might not go over too well in the Debbie community, but we're going to throw it out there. And if you guys want to argue with me, um, that's at Twitter at Debbie Matt, or you can sign up for the Patreon at patreon.com slash Debbie Database, and you guys can argue with me there. But when it comes to the running backs for, for Oregon, from a Debbie perspective, I'm not sure that I want any of them. 
I mean, you look at Byron Cardwell. I'm going to start there and work backwards. Byron Cardwell doesn't exactly look like a guy that, that's quick enough laterally to be able to exceed um, at the NFL level. Um, he's not going to compete right away because he's got C.J. Verdell and Travis Dye to compete with right now. So you're waiting at least a year to see what this kid even has. Um, C.J. Verdell is a guy that we, we, we talked about it all last season. If he, He's going to be a guy that we want to own on our Debbie roster and a guy that's going to get significant carries in the NFL and not just be a guy that's in a committee. He has to show something more um, in, in his game where he's not just an up-and-down running back. He's got to show consistency. And for the second year in a row, he was not a consistent running back. He had two games starting off where he had over 100 yards, and then he, he got back to the same inconsistent tendencies that he had the year before. Travis Dye is a explosive running back. He looks quick and fast, and he's a good ball. You know, he catches the ball well. He's a good pass catcher, but he's a little undersized for the position. So, when you're looking at these guys, all three of these guys, or at least two of them, and CJ Verdell and Travis Dye, should be interesting guys for C to C leagues. But I'm not sure that I want any of them in a Debbie a Debbie league right now. And you can see that from their stock. I mean. Travis Dye and Byron Carwell aren't getting drafted in Debbie Drush right now. And C.J. Verdell's stock has absolutely plummeted over the last few years. So I'm not sure that I want any of them, if that answers your question. I, I think that's fair. And before I get into to my analysis, I just have to correct myself. Uh, Travis Dye is eligible in 2022 as well. So he, he can come out next year. But I don't, I don't think he's a, a prospect worth talking about at all. C.J. Verdell is interesting. Had a really good... First couple of seasons, I mean, you know, over a thousand yards and ten touchdowns his freshman year with twenty-seven catches and three hundred and fifteen yards and two more scores. Sophomore season, twelve hundred and twenty yards with eight touchdowns and another fourteen catches. So it's like, all right, two good seasons. Comes back next, you know, last season and again only five games, but two hundred and eighty-five yards. His rushing average dipped, you know, way below, you know, down to four point four yards. Only caught nine balls in those five games. Not not the greatest. I just, yeah, it was disappointing. And, and when, I, when I think of C.J. Verdell in terms of the NFL draft, I think late day three, right? I mean, a, a Jamar Jefferson-type range of this is where he's going to go. Someone's going to grab him in the seventh round, or he'll be an undrafted free agent signing, and that's not what we want from our, from our Debbie players. I mean, you're so, looking at what he does well. I mean, he's got he's got okay vision. He doesn't have great long speed. He he put up a good early campaign his freshman year, but then disappeared last season. He reminds me almost like a slower Chuba Hubbard, a guy that everybody in the Devi community was excited about. And then look where Chuba Hubbard got drafted at uh, by the Carolina Panthers, and his stock is essentially dead playing behind Christian McCaffrey. I mean, I think the Jamar Jefferson comp is a really good one. I think his ceiling is day three. Um and I don't think he even goes day three, but I think if you're looking at his max ceiling, that's about what you're looking at. So give me none of Oregon's running backs, quite frankly. Yeah, and then Byron Cardwell, I mean, you never know. I mean, he was RB10 coming in, had a verified 4.69. Nice. And I think he plays a little faster than that might indicate. But, you know, it's just, you know, there's a lot of guys that, that are like this. Um, he does have some decent lateral movement and jump cuts, but. I'm not sold on him. I mean, he's not a guy that I'm excited about in the in the running back, you know, freshman class coming in. And of course, we'll we'll talk about the running backs, just the freshmen, in a few episodes here once we finish up our our conference analysis. So that leads us with the wide receivers. 
There's a few of them. I wrote down a couple that I wanted to hit on because I think these are the top two, but if you've got other guys, you can let me know. Devin Williams, 2022 eligible, and Troy Franklin, incoming freshman, 2024 eligible. I still like Devin Williams. I still think this kid has a chance to to you know make the leap and and be the 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 guy there. But but time is starting to run out on on Devin Williams. You know, I, I'm getting a little more nervous because eventually you, you just want to see production. And you know, last season he had 15 catches for 286 yards and a couple scores, a nice 19 yards per catch or yeah per catch. But he's only catching three balls a game, and I, I want to see that tick upwards to have that breakout season because quite frankly he needs to have it. I mean he he's been there. You know, three years he he got redshirted an injury redshirt in 2019. So we need Devin Williams to do something. And then let's talk about incoming Troy Franklin. I'm gonna let you start with your analysis on Franklin, and then I'll chime in after that. Uh, my analysis on Troy Franklin is I love the kid. Um, his game film is one of the more interesting ones that I've watched this offseason for incoming freshmen. Um, you watch him, he's very, very fast. I mean, he gets downfield in a hurry, and he's quick in open space. I mean, he maneuvers really well, sits down in open coverage, and when he gets the ball in his hands, he's very dangerous um, with yards after the catchability. Um, the thing that I noticed that I noted that I like the most about Troy Franklin is the way that he runs routes. Um, Troy Franklin is so crisp when he runs out, run routes. He's not rounding off his routes. He's he's making a very conscious effort to, to sharpen the edge of his routes, sink his hips well, and explode through the routes um, to catch passes. And I think that's what's going to set him apart this season from a lot of other freshman wide receivers. He, he is already really well-developed when it comes to route running. Um, he high points the ball really well, um, can go up and get the ball. Um, he's a guy that I think... My, you know, we're talking about how much we love Devin Williams. And, you know, Devin Williams has the size to be an interesting wide receiver. Um, but when you look at what he's done, I mean, he, he had put together two good games of six catches for 123 yards, four catches for 101 yards. So 20.5 yards per catch, 25.3 yards per catch. Then he went up and put a goose egg versus USC and two catches for 22 yards in the Fiesta Bowl uh, versus Iowa State. So we talked about consistency issues with, C.J. Verdell, I mean, I'm going to need Devin Williams to be more consistent than that. So because of that, I think Troy Franklin could be a guy that comes out there and is possibly their leading receiver this year. Um, despite your love for Devin Williams, I really like what I see for Troy Franklin. Yeah, he is definitely the the guy that I think people are most interested in right now. Of course, you know, the shiny new toy, the incoming freshman, he was wide receiver three in the class and he looks all of that. I mean, he's up there with your top, you know, in everyone's top five. I mean, Emeka Ibuka, you've got, you know, Jojo Earl and Ajia Hall from Alabama, you know, Chris Hilton, LSU. There's a, you know, some other kids, wherever, wherever your rankings are, but, but he's in most people's list near the top. So, Definitely want to want to keep him on the radar because this kid looks very very good. All right, let's go into Oregon State. Not much to talk about, at least in my opinion. They lost Jamar Jefferson, as we mentioned before, to the Detroit Lions in the seventh round. We have Demir Collins coming in, an incoming freshman running back to replace him. Twenty twenty four eligible. 
where do you have him as far as on your list of running backs for Debbie? I think he's an interesting C2C guy. Um, the biggest thing that you're going to notice about Demir Collins um, is the size concerns. He's coming in at 5'9", 185 pounds. So not the biggest back by any stretch of the imagination. Um, he's got home run speed, though. He's shifty, cuts on a dime. Um, he doesn't have much weight to lug around, so he's cutting really easily. He was used in kick returns and is a nice threat out of the backfield. And a guy that every time he touches the ball is a guy that can be a threat to score just because of his speed. Um, however, when you look at his, his upside, I think... I think his upside is having a season or a role kind of like Deuce Vaughn had last year, where he's going out and being an interesting interesting C-to-C player, getting you those big runs, the catches out of the backfield, and is being used as a utility gadget-type player all over the field to, to inject life into the offense. But when it comes to his Devy prospects and his NFL draft future, I'm not sure it's there because you know teams aren't exactly – chopping at the bit to draft an undersized wide or undersized running back. Um, if I, if I'm looking at a guy that he could maybe, maybe have potential in the NFL, I mean, he might have a Tariq Cohen like role in the NFL, but even there, I mean, does that, does that excite you? <laughs> Not really. Now be honest. Did you just randomly come up with that NFL name? Uh, yeah. As a, a, bit. As a comp. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> because that's the 247 comp uh, for him as Tariq Cohen. So well done, sir. I'm a freaking like genius. That. Look at that. Everybody listen to me. <laughs> Very nice. All right, that's it for Oregon State. We're going to go into Stanford. This will be another quick one. Uh, they lost uh, quarterback Davis Mills to the Houston Texans, uh, third-round draft pick, and that leaves you know obviously an open spot at quarterback, and I don't think there's anything to be excited about there unless I'm I'm missing someone. I do have a couple running backs, at least I'm going to mention. Uh, Austin Jones, 2022 eligible, and E.J. Smith, Emmett Smith's son, 2023 eligible. What do you think about those two running backs from a Debbie perspective? E.J. Smith was a guy that I liked coming in last year. He had the pedigree. He was a great receiver out of the backfield and, and showed good vision and patience behind the line of scrimmage. So I liked him a lot last year. But then Austin Jones came in and, and was a guy that – sparked a lot of attention last year. Um, shout out to Matt Bruning over on the Debbie debate, but he was a guy that got me to watch um, to watch some Austin Jones. And I really liked what I saw about Austin Jones. He came out of seemingly nowhere. Um, in six games, he had 550 rushing yards and 156 receiving yards and nine total touchdowns. So, I mean, he had games where he was running for two and three touchdowns. He, he finished with the season with nine touchdowns in six games. Um, sturdy frame, 5'10", 200, 201 pounds. He's really hard to bring down. Um, he fights well through contact. contact. Um, he hits his top speed really fast. So he, he almost explodes out of the cannon. And, and while his top speed isn't like lightning fast, I mean, he's he's getting up there and hitting it as soon as he gets the ball. Uh, he's a good receiver out of the backfield, has good enough wiggle to kind of be an interesting prospect. So um, I, I like Austin Jones this year. He's a very interesting Debbie guy that I'm keeping my eye on. Um, unfortunately, he's going to keep EJ Smith off the field a little bit. And I wanted to see EJ Smith uh, a little bit last season. Um, so that kind of hurts a little bit. But if Austin Jones can, can be what I think he is, um, he's a guy that you need to be paying attention to. All right. Well, that's a good good thing to throw out there. I'll be honest. I have zero shares of either one of these guys. Um, just not all that excited about them. If if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I, I just I feel like they're they're college running backs. I don't I don't think they're going to be the kind of guys that can 
make a difference in the NFL. So that's where I'm standing on those two fellas. Moving into Washington, a big, big time quarterback recruit to talk about, Sam Huard, 2024 eligible, so incoming freshman, five stars. And I love Sam Huard. I've got at least two shares of him in campus to Canton leagues and would not be upset if I got more. Um, the mechanics and accuracy are exceptional, in my opinion. He anticipates a wide receiver break. He can make all the throws, and he just looks very poised. I'm I'm probably as, as bullish on Huard as anybody out there, which is scary because I'll admit maybe I'm not the, the best uh, quarterback analyst because the quarterback, in, in my opinion, is really hard to – to tell, uh, especially when they're jumping a level. But, man, I, I loved what I saw in this kid. W- what do you think about Sam Heward? I, I'm right there with you. So you're not alone in your love for Sam Heward. So I'm not going to leave you on an island there, Skip. I like him too. Um, he easily walks in as the best quarterback on that roster and, and should be a day-one starter. I'm not worried about the other quarterbacks they have on the roster. He's He's got the biggest talent. He's the best one that they have right now. He's got a really quick release. You noted, all, you noticed, you noted it on him. He's accurate with the football. I notice when I'm watching him, he doesn't make many unnecessary throws. Um just kind of, kind of puts the ball where it needs to be and doesn't really put it in danger, which which is what I like to see from him. Um, so I, I think he can walk in there and, and be a day one starter and utilize some interesting pass catching threats that they've got on this team. Um, we're going to talk about him here in a second, but I, I love some of these pass catchers and I think they could be a sneaky good Pac-12 team to compete this year. So you think he's going to replace Ethan Garbers at quarterback? You think You think he'll be the guy from day one? I think he should be. If he, if he's not, I mean, I could be wrong, but I think he's easily the best quarterback on the roster. And if I was the coach, which I'm not, I'm not getting paid to make the decisions. So I wish I was. That'd be nice. <laughs> but I would, I would definitely start Sam Heward. Yeah, I, I have no problem with that. I, I hope to see it because I think he'd be a, a fun one to watch. A couple of wide receivers, uh, both came into college football last season, so they're coming off their freshman campaigns. Jalen McMillan and Rome Adunze. I'm intrigued by both of these guys, but I'm I'm very intrigued to hear what you have to say about about these characters at wide receiver. So I, I know where you're going with that, and we had a, a conversation in the Patreon page about Roma Dunzi. I had a guy reach out to me and ask what what I liked about him because I I'm significantly higher on him than a lot of people in the Devi community. Um, so we had a conversation in the Patreon chat about that. Uh, make sure you guys check that out. But I, I like a lot about what I see about Roman Dunzi. He's got really great body control, gets out of his breaks quickly. He's got really good speed and yards after the catchability. Um, what I think his best trait is his body control, his ability to bend his body, make those contorted catches, drag his feet along the sideline, and just be a security blanket for his quarterback. This team doesn't have a wide receiver one established on the roster. Um, a lot of people like Jalen McMillan last year. Um, he's a sound route runner. He's got good speed, but he's unproven. So um, Roma Dunzi is the guy on this team that it's at least more proven, the most proven wide receiver on this roster. And if Sam Heward does end up starting day one, which I think he should be, I think that, that Mr. Odunze is going to be a guy that immediately uh, sees his a skyrocket in value. So I, I'm a guy that's higher on him than most. I feel like I am before the curve. I'm leaning the charge on Rome, and I, I, I'm not I'm not upset about that in the slightest. 
I, I like it. I, I I noticed his physicality. I mean, the, the way he uses his body to shield the ball, he, he's a good blocker as well. So he, he's got a couple of those traits working in his favor. And then Jalen McMillan was the wide receiver six a year ago, a little bit faster, a verified four five three, and the notes there were you know he looks quick out of his breaks and goes up nicely for contested catches. So I think people wanted to see you know what this kid had because he was the the you know bigger name coming into the twenty twenty season. Only played three games, only caught um, caught one ball and and for sixteen yards. You know, actually ran the ball twice for 14. So he ran the ball more than he caught it. So that's disappointing. But I think the the talent is there. So it could be a situation where, you know, if they if they all of a sudden have a really talented quarterback throwing them the ball, you know, those those numbers could spike for both of these guys. One more guy to talk about in Washington, tight end Cade Otten, uh, 2022 eligible. And if you're wondering where some of the, the Washington production going at passing the ball, here, here is one guy. I mean, he only caught 18 passes, but that was in four games, 258 yards. So a nice 14 yards per catch, three touchdowns. Kate Otten is, is one that I think at least keep on your radar. You know, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say, oh yeah, you go out and get this tight end. He's going to be a, a day one or day two draft pick, but you know, for sure he's, he's on teams and in, in C2C leagues. Devi, he could be could be an interesting, you know, rookie that that slips through the the Devi cracks and he's eligible in your rookie drafts. What what do you think about Kate Otten? Skip, this is one of the few times that we're going to disagree. We don't really disagree much on the podcast, and I, I feel like we should probably fix that. So, I think that Kate Otten is definitely a day two guy. Um, I, I, he's very quick for his size. Um, physical finishes runs after the catch. Um, he's a he's a pretty good route runner. Um, he he doesn't do as much blocking as he does receiving, but I think that's okay in today's NFL. Today's NFL is looking for those guys that can come in and be a receiving threat at the tight end position. Um, so so my argument that I'm going to make here is why not Kate Otten, right? I mean, you look at all these tight ends going um, in, in, in day two, um, r- you know, round two, round three in the NFL draft. It's not guys that we really expect. You know, the tight end position is so scheme specific. And, you know, teams are going out looking for that one guy that fits their scheme the best. And I think that Kate Otten is a guy that can fit several schemes in the NFL as, you know, a hybrid, go out and catch the ball type tight end, mismatch nightmare um, with, his, with his speed, his size, his physicality. So uh, he, he's a guy that, that I'm going to argue is a day two guy. And I may be wrong, but I really like Kate Otten. All right, I'm going to go and, and prove my my age and say that we're a little bit like Siskel and Ebert. You're giving the thumbs up. I'm giving the thumbs down. That's okay. It's all right to disagree. And let's move into our last team, Washington State. Just a couple of guys to talk about. One, kind of intrigued by the quarterback, Jaden Delora, 2023 eligible. So he's a freshman a season ago. You watch this kid and... He's he's kind of a a quarterback that that makes things happen. I mean, I, I like I like his style of play, and I think he has the chance to to pick up his game. Am I saying that he should be all over Debbie rosters? Absolutely not. I mean, this he has to significantly step up his game to to really start drawing, you know, the the the, the comps of of better players that are going to get drafted high and into get day one or day two, you know, draft capital, but he's intriguing at least that's where I'm at with him. 
to the point where when I was cutting uh, for C to C drafts, you know, for the incoming freshman and free agent drafts, I I found myself wanting to to hold on to this kid just in case. What do you think about him? Skip, I'm going to ask you a question. What's the one thing that we always say on the Debbie Happy Hour? Um, and specifically, we, we've said about guys like Tamorian Terry and Zach Evans when it relates to the NFL. That Tank's Big B, Tank Bigsby is RB1? No, that's not no, it. No, what no, what the, do we the, say? Jameer Gibbs other is thing, RB1. The other no, thing, shoot. Oh, that what they do off the field matters, and this kid might have some red flags that you're going to bring up now. Yeah, what what they do off the field does matter, and Jaden Delora has got while while he's interesting, he's got a quick release. He's a mobile quarterback. He he takes a lot of shots downfield and, and does well with that. Um, he he doesn't complete all of them, and his footwork has got some issues. But off the field wise, he has got to get stop getting in trouble. Um, he he got arrested over the off season for a DUI. Now he he was found innocent of the DUI. Um, he. You know, he beat the charge. He's not going to jail. He's still on the team. But with that being said, whether you're found guilty, whether you're found innocent, I can guarantee you that NFL coaches are paying attention to that little red flag and the, you know, that that, that speaks to some decision making processes and, you know, what. What kind of decision maker are you if you if you're going out there drinking and driving? I mean, that's going to be a red flag on on his profile that that's going to get brought up come NFL draft time. Fair point. I I, I knew you're going to bring that up, so that's okay. I can handle that. I'm just saying he's intriguing. That's all I'm saying. All right, the last guy in our list, Max Borgie. Of course, everybody was excited about this kid after 2019. He had 817 yards rushing with 11 touchdowns, a 6.4 average. That is not what excited people. What excited people was the fact that after his freshman season where he caught 53 balls, he came back and caught 86 in his sophomore season. Of course, if you listen to the Devi Happy Hour, we pointed out that he averaged just under 7 yards per catch. So 86 catches, he did not even get to 600 yards. That's alarming because you should be able to get more yards per catch I think uh, I don't care what position you're playing that's that's not good not good sir last year played one game he did have 95 yards and a touchdown but you know the the shine is off Borgie we we talked about we just weren't all that excited about his future NFL prospects I'm gonna throw a guess out there that you're no you're still not excited is that correct I'm not I'm not excited um I'm more excited than I was at this point last season um yes he's got some yards per catch issues that he needs to fix and he had some injury concerns and some other stuff happening off you know happening where he couldn't play much last year um so we didn't really get to see him fix a lot of those problems that we noted on the Debbie happy hour last offseason However, I'm going to bring up an interesting point about him, and you can disagree with me. That's fine. I guess that's, that'll be the topic of tonight. But his ADP right now is currently sitting. Um, last ADP um, taken was at 102. So he's got a 102 ADP um, right now in the Devi community. If that's where he's sitting right now, I'm more than happy right now to take a shot at him at that price tag. Um, I think that he can be, you know, a great third down option that can go out there and catch maybe 40, 45 balls, you know, in a season like a, uh, oh, what's his name from the, from the Redskins? 
Um, not Antonio Gibson, but the other guy. I'm blanking on his name. Oh, J.D. McKissick. J.D. McKissick. He could have a phenomenal J.D. McKissick-type role where he's a, at least an interesting PPR-type guy in the NFL. So, I mean, at, at that price tag, it, it's this weird thing where I've gone from I don't want any of them to I might want one or two shares of them just in case he does end up being something. And right now you can get him essentially for free. Yeah, I think I'm going to put him into that same category that we put C.J. Verdell in and that he's a – a late day three at best. Um, sure, he he might get that role of a third down back that can catch passes, but that's the ceiling. And for Debbie, oh, not, I want my ceiling I'm not higher. Say, I'm not saying I want him on every team. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not being that extreme. I want him on maybe one team just in case I'm wrong. But that, that's about the extent of it when it comes to Max Borgie. It's a just in case I'm wrong type of roster spot. I do make the occasional pick with that logic in my head. Like, man, so many guys that I respect seem to like this guy and I don't. So maybe I need to just have one, one share of him just in case I'm wrong because then I'll feel a little bit better about being wrong. (laughs) It's quite a strategy, ain't it? (laughs) It's panned out a few times. And then sometimes the flip side of that, I was like, no, I was right. That was a wasted pick. Right. And, so it, it actually gets there was I'm, I'm we're we're done with the Pac-12 North. We'll we'll talk about the Pac-12 South next week or the next time we record. But there was an interesting Twitter question. I'm just going to ask you quick here. And as a as an analyst, if you're going to miss, would you rather miss in the scenario where you're fading a guy and he ends up hitting and being good, or would you rather miss where you're all in on a guy? And he doesn't pan out, and he turns out to be not good. Uh, <laughs> I was so sure before I got ready to open my mouth on that one. I think I would rather have the guy that I was all in on, and he ended up being being not the guy, because um, that that happens. I mean, we're 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 sitting here telling you that we you know we're fantasy football analysts, but you know I'm not I'm not big on the whole analyst thing i mean we're we're, we're raw we make mistakes um sometimes and I, i'm okay with that i'd rather you know like a guy and be all in on him and be a fan and, and root for him to do well and you know just end up missing than not like a guy you know go tell everybody don't draft this guy and people listen to me and he ends up being good and then i've ruined a bunch of other people's fantasy teams <laughs> i'm actually i voted the other way on the on the twitter poll or i i commented back maybe it wasn't a poll but I don't remember but I'm I'm fine if if I'm down on a guy and I fade him and then he ends up being good it's like ah that's all right because I can always go out and acquire him right I can I can admit the fact that yep I was wrong and I'm going to I'm going to go trade for this guy if I really want to get him or if or if I join a startup okay now I have the opportunity to get a share of this guy that I didn't have so I I feel better about that I mean it would it would make me so sad that to, you know, like if Jameer Gibbs turned out to not be a good NFL player, that would be just crushing. Not, not just to all the teams that I have him on, but I just, I love him so much. I'd be like, Oh man, how did I miss so badly? If Tank Bigsby doesn't end up making it, I'm screwed. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely screwed. (laughs) Well, and the worst part is like, if people start talking about, you like you talk about certain people in the fantasy football community and they associate them, you with like, that person. <laughs> it, right. Or, or their philosophy or whatever it is. Right. You know, like 
like I've I've listened to so much Kane Fassell that basically he's just the hater of tight ends. I mean, he he wants nothing to do with a Debbie tight end at all, and he makes no he doesn't hide that fact, and so it's almost synonymous whenever his name comes up. That's what I think about that, and that he doesn't want to have a phone conversation when talking about trades, <laughs> which, which is I, a joke that I he's sick of me telling. But every time he talks in a chat about about a trade, you know, hey, anyone want to trade? I'll just say, sure, give me a call. And he <laughs> basically gives me the middle finger over the chat, but <laughs> I digress. All right, Matt, any uh, final thoughts on any Debbie stuff going on in the in the community or otherwise? And, of course, uh, remind people where they can find all of your stuff. So I, I'm i going to shamelessly plug um, Campus to Canton. I was just on that podcast. They do great work over there. Um, so if you haven't checked them out, they, they're doing a great uh, conference breakdown, kind of like what we're doing. So it's good to have um, different people's opinions on players and conferences. Don't take our word for it. Go out, shop around, do your own research and form your own opinion about some of these guys. Um, we're not going to sit here and tell you that we know all we know best. We're going to give you our, our best opinions and they're, they're going to be right a lot, but go out and get other people's opinions. They do a great job over there. I was just on that podcast yesterday. So make sure you check that out. Awesome. Love it. And the Patreon is at where? Yeah, you can find uh, me on Twitter at Debbie Matt, and you can find the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Debbie Database. I um, would love for you guys to check that out. Um, support me. Um, we got some great things going on over there that um, we had a really good week this week, put a lot of content up there that, I want, that I'd be excited for you guys to check out. And of course, everyone knows since you're listening to this podcast that we are part of the dynasty happy hour team of podcasts with the dynasty happy hour tim keller doug eddy and tyler gunther if you don't listen to that one you really should those guys are awesome uh, every once in a while randall memphis young gets in with the dhh contractor that's more of an in-season or i don't even know if it's in-season off-season I haven't heard it for a while maybe he's busy but man when he's on i love it because the contractor he he actually has somebody on his podcast a a fantasy manager and he helps you go through your your roster and, and goes through a strategy. So it's really cool. And then the IDP Power Hour is back as well. They, they're recording every once in a while. So check that out if you're into IDP. IDP, I've kind of warmed up to that, by the way. It's a little more fun, a little more interesting. I thought it'd be a lot more work, but it's not it's not too bad. So I, I like IDP now. I'm Skip Newton at SkipNewton31. I'm one of the Devi team writers for NFLDraftBible.com, powered by Fan Nation on Sports Illustrated. We do Devi, we do Dynasty. I've got both my rankings out there. Also, NFL Draft, all players in positions. So be sure to check that out. And finally, want to give a shout-out and appreciation to the Devi Delight guys, uh, Ricky Valero and Chris Stoops. They ended their podcast this week. So not too emotional of, a, of an ending, but they've been part of my regular podcast listening for over a year now. And... Uh, enjoyable guys. I, I love listening to them argue. They, they're a fun, fun bunch, but they just reached a point where, where it was time to end and just want to say, Hey guys, thanks a lot. Uh, appreciate all that you did and, and you're going to be missed, but don't be strangers, man. I hope to hope to chat whenever you're available. And on that note, we hope all of you have an awesome weekend or week. Whenever you listen to this, thank you for listening. Uh, give us a, a five-star rating and review if you can we'd really appreciate it in the meantime as always be a good human row the boat